FOMO. My name's Patrick McGinnis, and I'll admit it, I have FOMO. And since you're here, I'm going to bet that you do too. But that doesn't have to be a bad thing. If you learn to channel your FOMO productively, you can make the most of every opportunity while keeping your sanity in the process. This is FOMO Sapiens After Hours, the snackable show about how you can make FOMO a force for good. Hey there, FOMO Sapiens. Today I want to talk about something that I've been reading about a lot, and you guys are pretty, I would say, a very savvy group of people. I'm sure you've seen it. In the, in the headlines and in places like LinkedIn, it is the great resignation. Now, if you haven't heard of it, let me tell you what it is. Basically, it's the fact that people are either desiring to quit their jobs or they're quitting their jobs in ways that we haven't seen before in terms of just numbers, right? So in April, more than 4 million people in the United States quit their jobs. And that's according to the Department of Labor. That is the biggest spike on record. Now, there's also some interesting sort of polls that have been done out there. Microsoft did a survey of more than 30,000 global workers, and they showed that 41% of workers were considering quitting or changing professions this year. And then in the UK, we have some listeners in the UK, it continues. HR software company Personio did a poll of workers in the UK and Ireland that showed that 38% of those surveyed plan to quit in the next six months to a year. So what is going on? Well, For some people, the pandemic just shifted priorities and people maybe thought, wow, I've been through a really tough time. I'm just going to go out and live my best life, pursue my dream career, or maybe I'm just going to leave the workforce. We've heard a lot about the fact that women have been disproportionately affected. Women have had to leave the workforce because, you know, there are responsibilities that that certain individuals have to take on. Oftentimes, those fall to women uh, in terms of caring for family members. And so there's been a tremendous shift in the way employment is working for women right now, which is problematic, of course. But it's not just those types of things. It can also be the fact that people realize during the pandemic they realized like the true nature of their employers, right? It's sort of like, wow, you treated me really poorly. And I think the thing about the pandemic in so many ways, in so many aspects, it sort of, it just exposed things that don't work well. If you had a flaw, that flaw was accentuated. If somebody was vulnerable, they became more vulnerable. And companies that did not have the systems and the culture to deal with this stuff, they were just in a bad position and they lost morale within the ranks. I also think that, frankly, with all of this flexibility around work from home, people just kind of, they got new ideas about what they want to do and how they want to work. And I read an article in the Wall Street Journal about this concept of, you know, you might've seen this. This was, this was like the number one article uh, that, that, was, that came out the weekend that I read it. And it was about people getting two jobs, two full-time jobs. There's even a website called Overemployed that tells you how to do that. That's insane. Interesting. I kind of have a lot of feelings about it. Sort of sounds a little duplicitous, but then at the same time, if you feel like your company isn't treating you right, I understand why people feel that way. And there's also tons of burnout. So I think the question here that people are coming out of the pandemic with, even though it continues, but you know, in terms of just sort of moving into that new phase where we can sort of see what the new normal is going to be, I hate that term, the now normal maybe, is that we're trying to rethink what work means to us, how we are valued, how we spend our time. And a lot of people want to quit. Now, that is, that's a decision that you may make. But let me tell you something that I read that I also found a little frightening. 
the majority of employed workers who are thinking about quitting say they are financially prepared to do so, but 28% are not. And of the unprepared, some 57% anticipate taking on debt while they look for their next job. This is from a survey conducted online by Qualtrics in July. So that's, that's concerning because going into debt to quit your job is a very risky proposition, especially if the market turns. And I want to tell you, I've been through this before, so I'm very sympathetic to people who are burned out. And as many of you know, well, you should know by now because you've been following me at all, that in 2008, I feel like it's just like this old, I'm starting to become like that grandpa telling the same story, but I promise there's a reason for this story because it was so fundamental for me. 2008, I quit my job at AIG. Well, I, I was there in 2008, it blew up. And then in 2010, I finally left. Now I left in kind of a an elegant way and stayed on as a consultant. So like that was a wonderful thing to do, but obviously making far less money. And when I first quit, I was so unhappy. And I think what's crazy is when you quit a job and you don't have another job lined up, it kind of rocks people's world. Like my, my colleagues were just like, whoa. I remember my boss, he's like, well, where are you going? And I was like, nowhere. Was like what? The idea that somebody is so unhappy that they would just quit at least at the time, was a notion that was very, I would say, relatively novel and actually gave me a lot of leverage in a sense that just like people were so surprised. It was like, you know, you know, like you hear the story about, you know, you, if you ever have to go to prison, you go the first day and you beat up the biggest person and then everybody's like, whoa, that guy's, you know, don't mess with him. I think just being uh, willing to quit without another job gave me not, I think people think I would beat them up, but it definitely gave me a little bit of edge with people and they were, took me more seriously. And I was able to think creatively about staying on in different ways, which was wonderful. And I'm super appreciative of my former colleague and colleagues who allowed me to do that. And so when I first quit, I just remember every day feeling deep and abiding euphoria. Like you just walking down the street and you just want to hug everybody. Don't do that right now. And that lasted for a long time, actually. I mean, it was really interesting. It just what I'd like, you know, I'd be having a coffee and then I just want to cry because I was so happy. And of course, over time, that fades. It just fades. But it was good while it lasted. And then something else creeps in. And it's the feeling that you're dipping into your savings because if you don't find another job and you don't make as much money or any money, you start dipping into your savings. And there's a friend of mine from Argentina who's a great entrepreneur. His name is Pablo Larguilla. Some of you may know Pablo. He told me one day, he said, Patrick, don't ever get into a position where you're living out of your savings because it just makes life stressful. And he was right. I had tons of savings. I'd saved every dollar I ever made. I had years of runway, but I, I didn't want to sort of like, I'd be like, oh, do I really need to have that ice cream today? Maybe I should just drink water. I just didn't want to spend money because it felt like I wasn't replacing it. And there was no... It, there was no sense of when that would even happen in terms of replacement. It, it kind of got into this scarcity mindset place, which which is something that I, I find I'm sort of more likely to feel, I think, growing up in a small town in Maine and not having sort of like a you know, huge inheritance to fall back on like some people have. If, if I had a huge inheritance, I'd have had all those ice creams, but I don't. And so I didn't like living out of my savings and I found that really stressful. And so that's what I want to tell you today. Those of you who are looking at quitting or know people who want to quit, the idea of taking on debt, it's a little cray cray and I highly disrecommend it. If you can say that, I don't even know if that's a word, but I do not recommend it. And so here's what I would tell you to do. 
I have five things that I would offer to you. And I would ask you to share this with somebody who might be thinking about quitting because we don't want them to end up in a world of pain. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, or delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you improve efficiency by bringing all major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. And with rising prices everywhere you look, you got to do the math and save money. Good news. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head over to NetSuite.com slash FOMO. That's NetSuite.com slash FOMO. NetSuite.com slash FOMO. So here's the five things to think about. Number one, if you're thinking about quitting, write it down. Be analytical. Not just bullet points, not just pros and cons. Like Write it out in a, in a, in a narrative form, you know, paragraphs and sentences. That's what I did. It really helped me to form my thoughts and to think about whether or not my logic held up because bullet points can hide bad logic, but writing it out in paragraphs and sentences, it's much harder to string together terrible logic. So I encourage you to do that. And then if you decide you want to leave, you then have your resignation all written out. Perfect. Also, as you do that, of course, feelings are part of this, but also make sure you add the analytical component, thinking about the implications of your decisions, the reason behind it what you could potentially do next, all that sort of stuff. Number two, get advice. Obviously, you want to get advice. This is not to be taken lightly. And you must first get advice and speak to people who would be directly affected, your partner, your your family, uh, things like that. But also just talk to people who have been through this before. Email me. Let's connect at patrickmcginnis.com because I think it's really important to make sure that you take counsel on a big decision. This is a big life decision, so don't do it alone. Number three, if you're going to quit, have a plan about, for example, could you stay on as a consultant some way? Could you get some part-time work? Could you think about some new training to prepare you for a new career? Things like that. So definitely quitting without any plan at all, it's, you're, it's kind of like going on, a, going on a trip and not bringing any maps or guides or your phone or anything. You're just kind of like walking out into the, into the Gobi Desert and you don't want to do that. You want a map and some water and some sunscreen and things like that if you're going to do it. Number four, maybe you just do sabbatical instead. A lot of companies offer sabbaticals. You just go to your boss and say, I am burned out. People will get that. Can I please take a three-month sabbatical? Something to consider and then come back and reassess your feelings. And finally, maybe you just start that side hustle, that 10% project. You guys know what that is. I don't have to get into it, but if you don't like your job, you might find that actually having a side project that you love actually makes you appreciate your job because the job pays for the life while you do the thing you love. All right, so these are the five things. Write it down and be analytical. Talk to people. Have a plan. Take a sabbatical instead, perhaps. Sabbatical's great. Or do a 10%. All right, those are my thoughts. I would love to hear yours. So reach out on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, on Twitter at PJ McGinnis, and over email at letsconnect at patrickmanis.com. It's a big topic, and I would love to hear what you think. FOMO. 
Want more of FOMO Sapiens and After Hours? Head over to FOMOSapiens.com where you can listen to past episodes, learn more about the show, and find out how to advertise. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis and on Twitter at PJ McGinnis. 